This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 119. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers, welcome to another edition of the podcast. As always, I am delighted that you are here. That's a word I want to use more often, delighted. It just doesn't get used enough. But yes, I am excited for another episode and I am honored and grateful that you are here. So today's Wednesday, the day that this podcast comes out, if you're listening to it, the day that it comes out. So yesterday, a bonus episode was released. I don't know if you noticed, but its title is called Confession, and it's the start to a 10-part series that I'm running right now on recovery and sobriety. And so, hey, if you totally missed it, you can go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash R one and I would be honored if you shared it if you like it if you know someone who would be interested in hearing it it's basically the story of my own struggle with alcoholism and I wrote that post when I had exactly one year of sobriety I actually just celebrated my five-year anniversary of sobriety and so I'm very happy and grateful for that but again the recovery series podcast episodes will come out on Tuesdays And so for this 10-week series, you will get two podcast episodes per week. The one on Tuesday is going to be on the topic of recovery and sobriety, and then you'll get a regular one, like this one I'm about to start, every Wednesday. And before I get started on today's episode, I wanted to give you a sneak peek into next Wednesday's episode. It's actually a re-airing of episode number 34 that came out a long time ago, where I interviewed my friend and colleague Tanya Geisler and we talk all about the imposter complex. What is that you might ask? You may have never heard of that before. Well here's a clip of Tanya letting you know what the imposter complex is. That is the imposter complex living and breathing. It's that nagging little voice that tells you you're not worthy, you're not experienced enough, you're not skilled enough. And it is always keeping us on the verge of greatness. And um, and I'm kind of done with it. And it's a liar. It's a really bad, stinking liar. And I'm, I'm really fed up, really fed up with it. <laughs> Good stuff, right? I can't wait for you to listen. It's one of those topics that I don't feel gets talked about enough. It's one of those things that so many women have, but they don't know it. And so that's why I'm so excited for you to hear that episode because Tanya actually not just tells you what it is, but she gives you tools on how to combat it. And P.S., the imposter complex is basically your inner critic speaking a very specific language. So it definitely goes along with what we talk about over here on the podcast all the time. All right, ass kickers, are you ready? Let's get on with today's topic. All right, self-help. What many jokes are made of, and maybe some of us still feel a little embarrassed standing in the self-help aisle in the bookstore, because God forbid anyone will know that we struggle, that we don't have our shit together, and that we want to change things in our life that are making us either binge eat or drink entire bottles of wine in one sitting, 
or that are making us try to control everyone and everything. I mean, not that I know what any of that is like, right? And I'm fascinated why some people change their lives and then others stay the same. Or maybe it takes someone a really long time. They tolerate a lot of suffering and a lot of struggle in their life before they stay the same. And what really fascinates me and what this post is about is why some people want to change and know their lives would be better if they did that, but they don't. And there is much psychology behind the reasons, but what I'm talking to you about today are signs that it's time for you to take a look at why you're stuck in what I'm calling self-helpdom or the self-help hamster wheel so you can hopefully make some changes in the right direction. So I've compiled just a quick list of like guideposts, if you will, or signs that you might be on the self-help hamster wheel and so I don't leave you hanging, what to actually do about it. So the first one is buying self-help books without reading them at all. And I think we have all done this. I've done this so many times. Someone recommends it or we see it at the bookstore or the title screamed, this book will fix you. Maybe someone should write a book and have that as a title. So we buy it, right? And it sits on our bookshelf or on our nightstand unopened for years. And then we feel like shit about that. But really, here's the thing. I think that sometimes we're just not ready to read it. I know that sounds crazy, but I believe it. In some weird serendipitous way, I think the universe will know when it's time and it will somehow make its way into your hands and into your heart. I know that firsthand. I mean, it's kind of funny. I was recommended a book by my therapist called uh, Getting the Love You Want. And that's my book recommendation for, for the episode, you guys. Harv Hendricks wrote Getting the Love You Want, and it's it's a guide for couples. And it, you really do not even have to be in a relationship to get a lot out of this book. I, I really even recommend it a lot if you are single. My therapist recommended it to me when I was in marriage counseling in my first marriage, and I bought it happily, and I never read it. And it, <laughs> it came with me through several moves, and then I got divorced and got remarried, and I was moving, I think actually I found it again when I was moving in with my husband. We weren't married quite yet. And I, I was like, oh yeah, this book, maybe I should probably crack this thing open. And I read it and it totally, I read it a couple of times now and it's completely changed the way that I look at my marriage and the way that I act towards my husband and behave in, in my marriage. And I really don't think that at the time when I bought the book, I was probably ready to look at that. I think that I might have understood the concepts and been like, that sounds really interesting. And oh yeah, that's probably me. But I don't think that I was in a place where I was actually ready to do anything about it. So I, I have a couple more examples, you know, from various books that that ha that's happened to me. So if that's you, if you've bought a bunch of self-help books and you have not read them and they're collecting dust, I encourage you to go through them. I mean, some of them you might want to give away, but some of them it might be time and some of them you might just want to put back and, and know that when the time is ready for you, then maybe they'll they'll somehow come back under your radar. And so the second sign that you might be on the self-help hamster wheel is when you sign up for self-improvement classes, feeling relieved as you do so, and then not doing any of the work. Getting your credit card out before hitting buy now 
is not a magic wand that will fix you and ease your pain. Wah, wah, I know, I wish it was. The actual work is what is going to ease your pain. There is a direct correlation between people that see growth and empowerment in their lives and doing the actual work it takes to get there. So this includes all the journaling and all the worksheets and all the quality introspective thinking and the doing what you have actually committed to doing. It's about listening to your intuition instead of your fear and more. I mean, even even this podcast, even the lessons that you learn here, even if it's not an actual paid class that you're in, your growth is in direct correlation to putting the tools to use instead of just listening to them and going, mm-hmm, that sounds good. Because essentially when you're not doing any of the work, you're saying like, that sounds good, but probably later or for someone else, you know, and again, that might come back to you not being ready. And I think that you are the one who understands that either you're using that as a cop-out and you're using it as an excuse or you really truly aren't ready. And I'll be honest with you. I think that the people that aren't ready are the people that don't know they're not ready. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that unconscious place of being where you just, you you literally, and I hate using that word, but you literally aren't there yet. <laughs> you are just not in that place where you can actually do the work and you don't know that you're not in that place. So I hope that's making sense. But the people who are, who are consciously thinking to themselves, I'm just not ready to do that work. I kind of call bullshit on that because I think that you might be ready. I think that you might just be afraid. I think that that the thought of doing the work is just so incredibly painful and daunting and overwhelming, which I understand. I've been there and I facilitated many people through that process. But just check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself in that situation. All right. So the third sign that you might be on the self-help hamster wheel. So you might be getting really good at telling your story about how screwed up you are and where your issues stem from. Girl, don't I know this one all too well. Here's a typical scenario for the type of woman that is really into self-help. So step one, she comes to a point in her life where she wants to feel better and or she has, you know, maybe she has a pretty heartbreaking turn of events and has decided to change her life, like a big um, kind of like trans transitional time in her life. So step two, she tells a lot of people who will listen about her story and maybe she, maybe she doesn't, maybe she's not. Um, like that, but maybe she gets really good at telling the story over and over in her own head, or maybe the same story to the same person. Step three, she reads about helping herself and maybe takes a self-improvement class here and there, and especially the, the ones where she's invited to tell her story. And then step four, there is no step four. She stays stuck in telling her story and actually feels better temporarily when she gets attention and or when people feel sorry for her. So now if this is you, I am not making you wrong for doing this because I truly believe that telling your story can be extraordinarily healing and fuels connection between the right people. So I want to make this clear. Where it can hold you back is when you get comfortable with that and you don't leave. So when you get comfortable just spinning your wheels and feeling that connection by telling your story and having people express empathy or um, or whatever it is that you're getting out of telling the story over and over again, and you get stuck in that. And it's just kind of over and over and over again. So what I would invite, would invite you to do is start by taking inventory of what you learned from your experience 
and how going forward it has made you a better person or how you want it to make you a better person. I remember when I had that epiphany in my own life. And of course, I, I, I'm i telling that, that step because um, it happened to me. And I felt like my particular story, it was really easy for me to get people on my side. And I was like, yeah, yeah, look at what happened to me. And it was it was a little bit kind of like martyrish. And I was just like, oh, it was so hard. And and I, for a little while, I mean, I was, I was loving that. And I was like, oh, look at, look at how hard it is for me. And look at how horrible he was, you know, in the first probably, probably year after it happened, after it all fell apart. And then I finally was like, I am so damn sick of hearing my own story. I don't want to tell this anymore. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself. I'm tired of other people feeling sorry for me. I'm ready to move forward. And I say move forward. I don't necessarily say move on because I think there was a lot of healing that still needed to be done during that time. But I definitely was like ready to move forward. And so I I say all that because that might be you. You might be stuck in the story and spinning your wheels, but you're not actually making any personal growth and progress from it. So again, it might just be a good place for you to start by taking inventory of what you learned from your experience and how going forward, it hopefully made you a better person. And the last step in the signs you're on the self-help hamster wheel is you get on whatever self-help trend is the newest thing. Like that is your MO. Your partner and or your friends probably roll their eyes at you when you tell them whatever new method you're excited about. You're going to do EFT tapping. No, wait, you're not doing that anymore because now you're doing Bikram yoga. That's your thing. And meditation. No, wait, no, no, wait. Now you're going to get your tarot cards read this week with an appointment with your foot zoner as well as your, as your astrologer. And I, I think that all of those things can be great, but what tends to happen is the person that does this is in a lot of pain and looking for that thing, looking for that guru, that miracle, that solution that will fix them and change the way they feel. And again, I'm all for trying new things and switching it up every once in a while, but just be careful here. Before you move on and leave behind what you were trying before, Give it enough time to really sink into the learning of that method. I mean, if you want to do EFT tapping and then you're like, oh, after two weeks, like it's not working, I'm going to move on to this. So I think like what I'm asking you to do is just pay attention. Are you jumping from desired solution to desired solution, trying to get this result of relief? So it's just, again, it's just a matter of asking you to to pay attention. So I hope that some of these maybe struck a chord with you. And again, these aren't to like make you feel bad about yourself or that you're doing it wrong. I always write all my posts because it's what I've been through. (laughs) I've been there. But if you feel like you're stuck and you're not moving, it's really okay. And that knowledge is key. And that's it. That's all I got for you. So thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to bring you the recovery series that started yesterday. And I hope you got a chance to listen to that episode. And again, it's a 10 part series on um, alcoholism and recovery. And I'm just really excited to have you all join me through that. So until next time, ask kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 